Hello, this is Eden on 88.9 The Bridge, back with another episode of Divided. Today, I'm here with Julia Harper and interviewing her about her political beliefs and perspectives on different things. Julia, thank you so much for joining me today. Yeah, thank you for having me. Uh, I know that I just said your name, but let's get a little more background. Like, uh, what grade are you in? Where do you go to school? I go to Mercer Island High School. I'm a sophomore, so yeah, I'm 15 right now. Okay. Uh, this is kind of a broad question, but how would you describe yourself as a person? I don't know. It's a little hard. I, I think a lot of people describe me as chatty, which I would agree with. <laughs> I mean, like in elementary school on my report card, I would always get complaints about how I would be like talking and distracting others a little bit. I can relate to the chatty thing. Being, a, <laughs> I feel like the radio is the perfect place for people like us. Yeah, definitely. And then as for your interests, what do you do in your free time and what are you passionate about? Yeah, well, I love lacrosse. Um, I play a lot of lacrosse. I like soccer too. And then I'm also in uh, scouting BSA, which used to be called the Boy Scouts of America. Um, and I'm, I'm trying to get Eagle right now, Eagle Scout. That's, that's super, super cool. I knew that you were kind of involved in that and I've heard you talk about it and I'm always like enthralled I think that that is super cool I don't know if this is something let me know if this is not something you want to do but I I like rapid fire favorites I have a little list here of like book movie tv show stuff like that and if you could just give your favorite briefly explain does that sound like something you want to do sure great (laughs) okay let's start with movie uh definitely 16 candles oh whoa that's that's a unique one I like it what about tv show uh, I love The Office, but my second favorite would probably be Friends. Okay, okay. I was sad that they took The Office off Netflix, because now I can't Yeah, remember. that was so disappointing. God, tragic. Um, are you a reader? What's your favorite book, if you are? Um, I'm somewhat of a reader. I think I could definitely do it more often. Right now, I'm trying to read some of the Jane Austen books. I I finished Pride and Prejudice a little while. It was really good. And then my all-time favorite, I haven't read it in years, but I really love Anna Green Gables. Okay, I like that you picked some classics. I feel like Jane Austen, that's that's kind of daunting. I I don't know if I could do it, but... It's hard. It's like, I... I watched the movie before I read the book, which you're kind of not supposed to do, but it was like a little bit easier to understand. Yeah, I mean, it, I feel like that does work for some things. I think these can be the last ones. Uh, favorite song or musical artist or like multiple because picking one is kind of hard. I don't know if I can pick a favorite song, um, but artists like I like the Beatles, I like Queen, Michael Jackson, Billy Joel. I kind of I'm somebody who doesn't listen to music like a ton of time. So when I do, I kind of like to take like the best from like a few uh, genres and kind of I like listening to the best of the best kind of a thing. Yeah, totally. I, that makes sense. I really like Billy Joel too. So now that we have kind of the, I feel like we have the rundown on who you are. Uh, we can get into talking more about your political beliefs. I'm trying to think of the best place to start with this. Maybe just giving anybody listening some background on what you believe and how you identify like party-wise and how other people would like view your political beliefs, like your friends and family. 
Yeah, so um, I'm a conservative, so I believe in things like limited government, personal responsibility, free market capitalism. And then I also believe in the rights um, recognized by the U.S. Constitution. So currently, the Republican Party, I think, best demonstrates those qualities and best represents that. So I, I follow the Republican Party Um I, I might actually register as Republican when I'm 18, but I might also just register as independent. We'll see. I say, I, I think my family is fairly conservative, my immediate family, but extended, it it's definitely varies. I have a lot of more liberal cousins and aunts and things like that. And then friends, uh, I, I would definitely say the majority of my friends are pretty liberal. Mm -hmm. um, the few conservative friends I have don't really live on Mercer Island. I wonder what it's what is it like having friends who have beliefs that differ from your own? You know, it's kind of cool in a way because I do get to hear like the other perspective, but then also in some ways it's a little bit hard because I don't really want to bring up certain things because I don't want to like start an argument. For sure. I think it, I I think especially because there's so much division right now on various issues it's easy to argue instead of just talk about things. Um, yeah, definitely. So you mentioned a few specific uh, things that you, that you stand for and you're interested in politically, but what are some other stances you have on specific things or specific political issues that you want to talk about or share about? Well, I am pro-life, so I, I do believe life begins at conception. And I think that when you have a certain place where you say this is where abortion is illegal, but before that it is legal, it gets a little bit hard because you go into, well, a baby a day before, like, let's say it's seven weeks and one day versus seven weeks and two days. I, I just think it's a little bit hard to divide that topic. Um, I think it's a little bit hard to divide those two and say that one has more value than the other. So I think that the only way you can really do that is either go all the way, which I think is fairly extreme, you know, killing like a nine month old fetus or baby or whatever term you want to use. So I think that the only moral way to do it is to go when life begins at conception. And I, I think it is a little bit tricky you know, like people are put in really hard positions a lot of the time. Um, I understand pregnancy, especially at a young age, is an incredibly hard thing to do. And that is, that is why I, I do support other choices like contraception. I think, you know, giving people access to contraception is really important. Adoption, I really, I do love the adoption system. Motherhood, I think, that um, mothers are really just heroic people in this country and abstinence. It's not always the, everybody's favorite choice, but it does remove any sort of risk. If you don't feel comfortable answering this, we can move past it, but are any of your pro-life beliefs rooted in religion? Yeah, so I am, I am Catholic, but uh, what a lot of people don't understand about Catholics, especially like uh, childhood, um, going to Sunday school and stuff, they don't really teach you about like what abortion is and things like that. So I, I actually didn't learn that Catholics were against abortion until I had already 
made up my mind about it. I, I learned the science behind it. And then I found out that Catholicism supports my beliefs. So I, I was like, oh, well, that, that's great that my religion can follow my already uh, existent beliefs. Okay, that's interesting. And another thing that I'm not sure if you have thoughts on, what about comprehensive sex education? If that's something you've looked into, like getting more people educated on a sex education and protecting yourself in order to prevent things like abortions from having to happen. Yeah, I definitely, I think um, teaching kids about how all of it works, um, how to be safe while having sex is really important because I, I think that abortion should not be used as a form of birth control. A lot of the time now people aren't understanding birth control. So abortion has to be their form of birth control. And I, I really don't think that it should be a form at all. I think that, um, you know, condoms, birth control pills, things like that. Okay. And I guess this is kind of on topic, but you mentioned you wanted to talk a little bit about feminism. And I feel like you could say that the two could be a little bit related because it's on the topic of women. Um, what are your thoughts on feminism? Why did you want to talk about it? Yeah, so I, I notice a lot of the time when I talk to people about uh, strong women or just women's issues in general, people always say, oh yeah, I'm definitely a feminist, uh, you know, I or that person is a feminist if they're like a strong woman. And I do have a little bit of an issue with third wave feminism. I would not consider myself a feminist today. I think in the past, it was a great movement getting women the right to vote and working rights um, and things like that. But now I think it has become kind of this radicalized movement where uh, you see things being pushed like letting biological male into women's sports. But when you do that, it's not a fair playing field. And a lot of women who have worked really hard are now pushed out of scholarships and opportunities. I think that also they, they demonize men who do some toxic things, which I, I agree, um, toxicity needs to be called out. But then at the same time, you see them encouraging women to do the same behavior. And I, I think it's a double standard. I think we should call out men, but we shouldn't be encouraging women to do the same thing. I also think that it's pretty dangerous to be encouraging women to think of themselves as victims. But going back to my uh, personal responsibility belief, I think when you know you have control over your own life, you are more willing to work hard and work for your goals because you don't have a fallback to say, oh, society made me that way. You only have yourself to fall back on. And I think that that breeds harder working Americans. Do you believe in like the pull yourself up by your bootstraps argument? Could you explain it a little bit more? Like basically you're in charge of your life, bring yourself up to where you want to be and just like work as hard as you can to get yourself where you want to be. Um, and don't think about like the limitations on you basically. Uh, I would say in some ways, I think that there are people who are dealt bad cards, but I think to say, oh, well, I was born a woman. So therefore I am oppressed. I think, no, like looking at myself personally, I don't think I'm oppressed in any way. I, I was born in a middle-class family and I was born in a country that allows me to achieve economic success. And I, I would not call that oppression in any way. 
So you think that there are definitely groups of people who are depressed, who are, <laughs> who are oppressed. You just think that there are certain groups like women in general that can't use oppression as an excuse for different things. Yeah. And I, and I think also when you stereotype an entire group into being oppressed, but then you don't actually point out the laws where they are oppressed. Yes, obviously there are racists in this world. Yes, there are sexists in this world. And if there are laws, we need to point them out and fix them. And just saying, oh, the whole system is oppressive and broken. That's not going to solve problems. We need to address what is actually going on. Okay. I guess speaking of oppression, the way that people are handling different issues of being oppressed, I if this is something that you're interested in talking about, we can talk a little bit about the protests in the United States right now and kind of the Black Lives Matter movement, but just the current political atmosphere of the United States, but I guess starting with protests in the Black Lives Matter movement. What are your thoughts on it? Yeah, so I, I do support the right to protest. However, I think when things get violent, that no longer has the right to be called a protest. Like uh, looking at the Capitol events, I don't think that what happened when people going into the Capitol, I don't think that that deserves to be called a protest. And then with certain um, Black Lives Matter protests, obviously there were some peaceful ones, just like there were peaceful people in DC the day of the Capitol riots. I think that certain ones like you see in um, Minnesota, even in Seattle, where they took over entire city block, I don't think that that deserves the right to be called a protest anymore because it's not, no longer peaceful. Okay, then, yeah, I, I know that a lot of people feel that way about all the protests and stuff happening. To those people who are inciting riots or starting fires or destroying property or blocking off the blocks, what would you say that the right approach for them would be in order to gain like more attention? I would say look to people like Martin Luther King who did it peacefully. I would say that uh, a lot of news organizations especially do look for big stories, big protests. Go say your opinion. Um, I think just uh, voicing your opinion and getting into the facts and the data behind it is what's going to convince people. And when you when you take over people's neighborhoods and stuff and burn down businesses, people look at that on TV and say, I don't want to support that. And they don't listen to your message. Yeah, I completely see what you mean. I, I guess because you were mentioning it earlier, the Capitol riots and protests, I think transitioning to talking about the election and uh, the Trump versus Biden, party versus parties atmosphere in the United States. I want to get kind of your take on that and your thoughts on all of it. Oh, yeah. So in the last election, I definitely supported um, President Trump just because he's he made the U.S. energy independent. He had the lowest black unemployment rate. He had the lowest Hispanic unemployment rate, created massive tax release for the middle class. And then he was also creating, you know, peace in the Middle East. He made those deals with Israel, uh, United Arab Emirates, Bahrain, Morocco, Afghanistan. Um, and then he also stands up for our country and he calls out countries that are doing wrong. Like, for instance, he, he brought to the attention of the American people the 
Chinese government putting Muslims into concentration camps. And then also he didn't put troops uh, into new conflict. And he was actually the first president to do that since Jimmy Carter and one of the only presidents to do that. Okay. So then what do you think of the way that Donald Trump handled coronavirus and the pandemic? Because I think that that's one of the biggest things that drew people away from Trump in the most recent election. But what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, so I know a lot of people supported Biden because he said he had a plan. But actually, in an interview, he he just said, um, there is nothing we can do to stop coronavirus in the next 100 days, which I, I think that's a little bit of a disservice to the people who he he lied to and who voted for him for that. And then with Trump, you know, people like uh, Dr. Fauci, people working at the CDC, were predicting that there would be 2 million deaths in this country. And the death has not reached that number. So by all accounts, I think that if you look at their predictions versus what actually happened, Trump actually handled it pretty well. You know, he, he shut down the borders to China. And then also, I think that it's important to realize the federal government power. If you just have a federal government that is telling all the states what to do, that is a problem. And I think that the founders um, of our country wrote the Constitution in a way that you could kind of use federalism a little bit. So you delegate power to the states, because if you look at like Wyoming versus, let's say, California, the demographics of the state are going to look very different. So the steps to stop COVID has to be different because people in Wyoming are more rural. They live different lifestyles than somebody living in an apartment in LA. So I think when you delegate powers to the state and maybe even in some cases, the local governments, I think that is a better way. I I think that there is steps the federal government can take. And I think that Trump did take those steps. So in, in my existence, I have never lived through a pandemic like this and I'm sure you haven't either. Um, And you, you speak about how there's like certain rights in the constitution that, need to be protected. So a lot of people were saying that there should have been a mask mandate, for example, when the pandemic hit. And do you think that there are exceptions to any form of rights granted in the Constitution that protect the lives of a lot of people instead of sacrificing them for a constitutional right? I mean, I'm not an expert on the Constitution or anything, but I don't think that there is anything that says that the federal government can force you to, um, you know, just follow whatever they do. Going back to the mask thing, I I don't see anything in the Constitution that says Americans don't have to wear masks if they don't want to. But uh, when you look at what did happen, people like Dr. Fauci at the beginning of the pandemic were saying, oh, well, we can't wear masks. They actually halt people from taking other measures to stay safe. People don't wear the masks, right? So they're actually more harmful. And then he came out and reversed that. And when people would point out things like, oh, well, he was just saying that so that there would be enough supply for doctors and nurses. But the thing is, when he said that and went back on it, he's proven himself to be a liar. So who's to say that he's not lying now? I also think that him coming out with the whole double masking thing now and Uh, his whole thing where he said, oh, it makes sense, the double masks, it's more protection, that's common sense. 
well, if it was such common sense, how come you didn't tell us that at the beginning of the pandemic? Yeah, I, I see what you mean. I feel like what people would say is no one knew how to handle a pandemic, but I see how with someone giving information that goes against other information, it can get jumbled. Like, what do you, what do you think personally about wearing a mask? I think that um, masks, uh, certain kind of masks can really help, but obviously your average cloth masks, I don't think that they help too much. Also, uh, people like doctors and nurses are trained in how to wear masks properly and how to avoid touching your face and things like that while you're wearing it. But the average American isn't going to follow that. I also think like when I see people like putting their masks down on the table, just kind of throwing around and then putting it back on your face. I'm like, well, you're, you're getting as much germs on your face. But like if I'm at a, at a business and they're like, oh, put on a mask, I'm not going to refuse because they're a private business. They can tell me to wear a mask if they want. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm not, I'm not sure if this is a valid argument, but some would say like, if there's a chance that wearing a mask slows the spread of the virus, why not just do it? Like with the double mask thing, do you see it as like, if there's a chance that it helps, I should do it or more of like a, that's probably just not right. I, I don't see myself double masking. Cause like, again, it goes back to how come we haven't always been doing this? How come doctors and nurses performing surgeries and stuff haven't been doing this all along? I, I do think that it is a method of control a little bit, not to be too conspiracy theorist, but I, I do think that people in power do like having control a little bit. And if you see how a lot of these governors uh, who are telling people that they need to mask up but then you see pictures come out with them not wearing masks. You see them going to big parties, going on vacation. Same with even Dr. Fauci himself. You see him talking to people within six feet, not wearing a mask indoors. But then on national TV, he'll tell everybody that they need to wear a mask to slow the spread. Mm-hmm. Um, I think going back to the more broad question of your thoughts on the political atmosphere in the United States, with all of these things being being so conflicted and there are so many arguments about every little issue, do you have any other broader thoughts surrounding the way that politics are right now or the way that politics are headed in the future? Yeah, so I think that politics nowadays have gotten to be more feelings-based and not facts-based. So People feel good just having the government, you know, practice socialism and hand out things. But then when you look at the facts and what has happened through history, it doesn't back it up. And I think people use identity politics to justify points when really our arguments towards politics should be factually based and not uh, based on identity. And I think when you when you demonize people for the way they were born, um, you know, like I, I hear my teachers even say, oh, this uh, author, well, he was just a straight white male, so whatever. Um, and I, I think that does a disservice to people's ideas. I think that we can see what people believe in and not focus on how they were born or what they look like. Then what do you think about that on the other end, like groups of people who are 
discriminated against like the I think the reason why a teacher would say that is because throughout history the straight white man is like is favored and for people who who face oppression and like racism in their everyday lives and are like disadvantaged socioeconomically how do you see the importance of them if that makes sense yeah so a lot of people will attribute inequality or or I guess inequity a lot of these terms have been used interchangeably a lot of the time uh people see um inequality of outcome as forms of uh racism or sexism or homophobia but you don't take an account to what might actually be at the root of the issue i'm just going to take like black poverty for example so if you go to the root of the issue I, i think it is welfare system people are growing up in fatherless homes because of the welfare system and when you grow up in a fatherless home you're five times more likely to live in poverty and commit crimes you're nine times more likely to drop out of school and then you're 20 times more likely to end up in prison and i think that the welfare system it was designed to incentivize single motherhood so when somebody is a single mother they do get welfare checks and they get that money coming in every week but then when they get married and have a father in the home they no longer get the money so it's like telling somebody you have to choose between getting the welfare checks and having your kids grow up with a father okay i guess there needs to be multiple parts i feel like i could uh talk to you for so long about so many different things but getting more back to the root of the reason why we're doing this episode uh for divided which is about bridging political gaps between people What do you think the future of division is in the United States and do you hope to see people being more united or think that that's even possible? I think that there can be unity if we allow for more free speech, if things like Twitter and Facebook allow for more free speech because I think when you when you ban conservatives from open forum platforms, then that polarizes the system. and people can't hear the other side and i think that being able to listen to each other is the only way we can find common ground i also think that the way we're we're learning about the country instead of finding the root of problems we just blame the entire system i think if we can actually look to the root to solve issues i think that we can get there but unfortunately if we do keep continuing at the way we're going i i could see maybe like a national divorce happening i'm not sure okay well i feel like that's a pretty good place to end off do you have any other thoughts before we end this episode i think that's it okay well julia thank you so much for talking to me today and being so open with your opinions and your thoughts i think it's it's just refreshing to hear other sides and other opinions so thank you yeah thanks for having me Well, this has been Eden joined with Julia Harper on 889 the bridge with another episode of Divided. Thanks for listening.